Hello and welcome to another edition of the Steelers Depot live stream, the first one of the Pittsburgh Steelers 2023-2024 offseason, unfortunately ending so soon, ending in familiar fashion, Pittsburgh losing in the wildcard round to the Buffalo Bills 31-17. But we are here for an exciting offseason, uh, a lot of decisions to be made, including first and foremost, DOC hire, which Pittsburgh taking the first steps today, which we'll talk about here in a moment. But uh, Dave, how you doing? Thanks for being here. I am here. I made it. Been uh, chasing down some site uh, stuff on the back end, been having problems with real quick. Uh, if uh, you are a visitor to Steelers Depot and have been getting like a, any kind of a redirect. I think McAfee seems to be one that uh, has been kind of like a, a hijack, a browser hijack. And uh, if you ever come across anything on the site that looks, I mean, obviously we have ads on the site. We have to have ads on the site to support the site. But if you get anything that pops up out of the normal, like, a browser hijack or one of those that takes you to the page. You, you, you won something, you know, the, the, that, that we've had issues with within the past, uh, send us an email or, you know, a, a, a tweet or something like that to Alex or myself. And, uh, cause it's hard to monitor so much stuff, uh, with, with what we do on the site and watching things on the back end and all. And, and the quicker that we can identify any problems, like that, the quicker we can get them uh, remedied on our side there. So apologize if you've been running into any of those kind of rogue ads, if you will. But you can also help us out by identifying some of those things and, and, and pointing them out to us. So uh, other than that, uh, happy to be here. Happy Monday. For sure. Thank you guys for being here. Dave and I are here until 8 p.m. Eastern time. And yeah, certainly not our intent to have some of those pop-ups. We have it, we're addressing it. We're in the process of doing so. And hopefully things will be much better overall uh, within a couple of days. Um, but yeah, uh, be sure to follow what Dave said. So you guys can ask your questions here in the chat. We'll get to as many as we can. If you want a guarantee of your question being asked and answered, you can send us a super chat. Move to the front of the line. No obligation but we appreciate it all the same. If you guys could at least like this video, like the stream, bring in more of Steelers Nation, we'd appreciate that as well. So let's dive on in to our first question and comment. That's from Mike Adesso, our friend who's always here in these live streams, says, Happy offseason, everyone. Just wanted to say thanks to you, uh, to you, Alex and Dave, and the whole Depot team for another awesome year of coverage. You guys are easily the best around, excited for what's to come. Also, like my uh, article on the potential logical OC options we might discuss at some point here. So thank you, Mike. We appreciate that. More of a comment but to kind of get into the segue about the Zach Robinson news. Pittsburgh requesting to interview the Rams pass game coordinator, Zach Robinson. Um, Mike says, it's great we have a name for the OC list to discuss, but I feel like it's important to note it's the first name leak, not the first name on the list as far as we know. I think Tomlin's guide is still relevant referring to the thought of the next OC having a lot of coordinator experience and a quarterback background, Robinson lacking that play calling experience. So what's your interpretation here, Dave, of, of Robinson being the first name that we're aware of? Due diligence. Uh, that's the first thing that ran through my head. We mentioned him as a kind of, a, I think I mentioned him as an add-on name in the podcast this morning here. Uh, obviously it's easy to link him to, uh, uh, to, to, 
uh, Mason Rudolph mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, training him through the combine process. And obviously both of those uh, guys are, are Oklahoma state products and all like that. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think surprising overall that, that he, he's a name that's come out now, but uh, I don't think this will be the only one that we talk about. And you know, this just might be a due diligence thing. And, uh, getting to know him and some of his ideas and visions and, you know, obviously, you know, coming from, uh, uh, coming from the Rams, uh, and, and, and the link there with Sean McVay and Mike Tomlin. And, you know, so that, that's the way I look at it. It is the first name out here. We'll see, we'll see where this go where this thing goes from here. Sure. I liken it to some degree, like the team's GM search. He cast a wide net at different backgrounds, personalities, established, older, younger, up-and-comers. And so let's see the entire list or more names than just one. I imagine there'll be a mix of previous OCs and the up-and-comers and some guys that fit Tomlin's quote-unquote criteria to a T and some who do not. But as Mike said, it's the first name we know. It may not be the first on their list. And Robinson in demand. He's got interviews. Had one with the Bears. That spot's been filled, but has one with the Patriots, the Raiders, and who knows who else uh, might uh, you know give him the call once these head coaches head coaches around the league get their spots filled. So um, Pittsburgh in competition if they want Robinson anyway for his uh, his services. All right. Next question comes from John Pennington, and really uh, more of a comment initially thanking the Depot team. We appreciate that, John. Appreciate you for being here for many of these live streams. Says, should the team re-sign Eric Rowe, and when will the team start scouting quarterbacks? Well, I promise you, they're already in the process of scouting quarterbacks, doing so throughout the officer throughout the college football season during the fall. And to answer the question, yes, I'd bring back Eric Rowe on a one-year minimum deal. The speed is gone, but he can still be an effective box player, classic strong safety. Look, if you can get that guy on a on a veteran benefit contract uh, this offseason, you could do worse, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you can never have any. We, we saw how many bodies they went through at, 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 at linebacker and safety. So, yeah, look, I, and, and why didn't this happen right out of the shoot here? Well, these guys want to explore all their options. And I think it was uh, officially this afternoon that, that the, the practice squad uh, contracts terminated there. So, you know, it gives those guys, they put some stuff down on tape and gives them a chance to look around and look at their options. They're probably not going to be in a hurry. I would think that if, uh, I, I would think the doors open, especially the way that Mike, Mike Tomlin talked about, you know, uh, guys like Roe and Miles Jack to potentially come back. Uh, I wouldn't break the bank on those guys, but if they want to come back and sign a one-year veteran benefit uh, deal to compete during the offseason, why not have them in the room? Yeah, for sure. I'd be all for it. I'm good with that. We'll see what the statuses are for guys like Keanu Neal, DeMonte Casey in this offseason as well, but they want to bring back Roe. I was happy with what he did filling in late in the season. Did the Pirates really just sign Araldis Chapman? Is that true? Because I heard someone was talking about him i forget who not the pirates i was reading that this morning or uh, this afternoon did they really sign chapman that's that's pretty cool if the pirates did oh i you got me i don't know yeah, i don't know the answer somebody in the chat says that and jason saying that i have not been able to confirm uh, here with the live stream but let me know looks like mike says yes chapman to the bucks all right got the flamethrower dude's with 35 but still throws gas cool all right Daryl Klein says, thoughts seeing all these former Steelers balling out in the playoffs. You have, you got Tyson Aliwalu, you got Cam Sutton, Javon Hargrave in San Francisco, Arthur Millette in Baltimore. You have any thoughts there, Dave? 
Uh, just, I mean, look, you're going to, every year you're going to have former Steelers probably show up on, on, on a couple of teams that are in, in, in the final four here. Uh, it's interesting to see how the Ravens are using Millette, right? <laughs> As that guy, sort of a, sort of a Mike Hilton-ish type mm-hmm. role, a guy, guy that, and we look, the Steelers got to see that firsthand, right? Uh, Arthur Millette coming off, uh, coming off the edge a couple of times, uh, this year. So, uh, you know, I, I don't really have any commentary, uh, other, yeah, I think the biggest thing this, this past year is watching what happened with, uh, with Kevin Dotson. Uh, obviously they're not in the final four and all like that, but see him leave and have the success, uh, that he had, uh, with, with, uh, with the Rams there. So, uh, I mean, it'd be interesting to see Ray, Ray McLeod with the, uh, -hmm. uh, uh, with the 49ers. There's another name. Uh, look, I'm, I'm rooting for the lions at this point. I think it's kind of unique what they've been able to do, uh, these last couple of seasons here and to see Tyson Alawalu come off the couch late (laughs) in the off season and, and be on the practice squad and get elevated here for a couple of uh, games. It would be, it would be pretty cool to see him, uh, have his hand in the pile with the lions. If they were to shock the world and, 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 and win it all. Yeah. I think the, Wild card game was the first playoff game Tyson Alualu had ever won in his long NFL career. Never won in Jacksonville, never won in Pittsburgh, sadly. And so he's got two this year, making a Super Bowl run at age 36 or however old he is. So uh, that that's a lot of fun. Dan Campbell's team, it's easy to root for. Um, yeah, you know, like you said, every year there's ex-Steelers that are playing in these games. It I doesn't mean anything really more to me this year than past years, other than the Alualu, you're kind of rooting for him to to be on this run. All right, next question comes from Rob. He's asking about, you know, the first three picks, you know, corner, right offensive tackle, right tackle, center, the order, you know, it could go in so many different ways, and I've only scratched the surface on draft stuff. My first profile will come out later this week, so I really don't have a great answer, and it really just depends on the board. But, yeah, I mean, you know, right tackle, center, those are things you're looking at to upgrade. Um, Wouldn't be mad about that on paper, Rob. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at another defensive lineman uh, somewhere in the picks. Uh, you have to think that uh, a wide receiver will be on the shopping list, I think, this year. Uh, inside linebacker uh, it wouldn't hurt if you, if you could uh, add to that room as well, too. There's going to be a lot of talk maybe about a strong safety type on top of it. I mean, this, I mean, you know, like, like most years, this team's got plenty of – Plenty of directions that they can go in 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 the draft there for sure. You know, I well here here's the exercise mm-hmm. that we went through the other day, right? Uh, what position are they unlikely? It, it's easier to build a a uh, uh, a list of positions they they are unlikely uh, to 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 draft this year. I think running backs one of them. I think tight ends uh, one of them. Uh, what else did we say? Outside linebackers probably not going to be on the. Uh, on the draft list, but, uh, everywhere else <laughs> guard, possibly not, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, but you would probably like your, you know, the, the center that you might end up drafting might have a little bit of guard experience. That would be a plus if you were able to get that, not, 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 not nest, you know, not definitely necessary there, but you know, outside of that, I mean, the, the rest of the positions, I think they could, they could stand to choose from. For sure. And quarterback, I imagine won't be taken high, although you can't, Totally rule that out, I guess, but late round, I think it's very much on the table. I could certainly see a sixth, seventh round pick being used on the position uh, late in this year's draft. 
All right, Jason says, I know it's super early in the offseason, and I'm sure you guys have not had a lot of time to think about watch some of these prospects, but he's concerned about the linebacker depth. It looks like he's talking about the uh, draft class, and yeah, I really haven't evaluated that. I saw Jim Nagy yesterday talk about the lack of depth in this class, the lack of underclassmen, NIL, and be keeping some of these guys in college. So that's that's hurting depth overall. Um, you know, at least Pittsburgh, they, they have the two fourth round picks. What you said, Dave, two picks or um, what is it? Five picks in the top 120? Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, isn't that what, uh, what we had determined there? Yeah, now those will get pushed back maybe on some comp picks, but, right. but they don't have a fifth round pick. So they're, they're higher in the draft than typical that might mitigate some of the lack of depth there. But we're a ways away. Things can change, um, you know, and, and at least, you know, Holcomb comes back healthy. Robert's under contract. Robinson year three. You know, maybe assign Quan in camp, see where that Achilles is at, see how he's moving. You can probably make that work well enough. Mm. Connor says, how likely do you think it is for Justin Fields, for a Justin Fields trade to actually happen? Very slim. Dave and I talked about that today. Um, I, I think he gets dealt at some point to somebody. I don't think it's the Steelers. Yeah, I would be, I've learned to never say never over the years, but I, you know, I would be shocked if it was a guy like Fields. And uh, once again, I think one of the things that, that people need to think about when, when uh, talking about trading for a guy like Fields is not only do you have to give up whatever whatever the draft capital is to acquire a guy like him do keep in mind that uh, the fifth round option decision would be due on him uh, in, in May. And it would be hard to imagine if you did acquire him via a trade for any kind of decent draft capital that you would not turn around and then exercise his fifth year option and then in doing so that means you'd be on the hook for what what do we say the number was 20 something million in 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 2025 and so then you'd be absolutely married to him through that and you know, you probably gonna if, if you're gonna go as far as to pick up a fifth year option for that amount on a guy, are you really going to be in a situation where you could carry a twenty something million dollar cap hit on him in 2025? So at that point, you'll probably be thinking about working out a long term deal uh, with him leading up to the 2025 season, and what would that look like? Uh, and if you didn't, if you traded for him and you didn't exercise his fifth year option uh, this coming May, then you're what you're essentially saying is we want to see you play for one year. And what a, that, then it, it, it becomes a one year audition for him because obviously if he didn't play well, you would cut bait with him uh, after trading for him, mm -hmm. or you'd be in a situation where you'd have to, slap the franchise tag on him so it gets uh in theory the front side of it looks fine until you get into the details that would come after acquiring him and i just don't think we've seen enough there from him to 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 think that you know, th this team would be willing to put themselves in a position where, okay, we trade for him, we exercise this fifth-year option, and then and then go from there. And given Mike Tomlin's comments about confidence, the 
starting quarterback is currently on the roster, the desire for competition, you trade for fields, there is no competition, Pickett's career in Pittsburgh is essentially over. I just don't see that happening. Um, is it the right decision? Different, just different story, different conversation, but I don't see this taking place in Pittsburgh. I mean, if you if you would have done this a year ago, you know, where you have uh, where, where the fifth year option wasn't uh, called for and you had, you know, basically uh, something similar to what they did for Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, uh, where mm. you had had the time uh, to to let him play a, a, a year or so before making the you know, it, it'd be a, a lot less messy. But with having once again, if, if you traded for him, uh, you would have to think you get, you know, what's he going to go for if he if he's dealt a second? Yeah, speculation is maybe a second and a third and something else. I don't know. Second and a third, probably something like that. All right. If you gave up anything close to what you just named off, you're probably going to come out of that right away, picking up the fifth year option on him, right? Yeah, you almost have to at that point. You know, so then you you damn sure better be right. <laughs> oh, yeah. No question about that. But again, we feel like those odds are, are happening pretty low in Pittsburgh. Two questions for you, Dave. I'll, I'll ask in tandem. Before I do that, if you guys could like to stream, would appreciate that. Dave and I are here until 8 p.m. Eastern time answering your Steelers questions. Gavin says, would the Senior Bowl be a time where we see some traction towards OC interviews and hirings? And then Bruce says, Dave and Alex, do you think the Steelers get a new DC? So question about the OC timeline. Will the Senior Bowl accelerate that? And will they replace Terrell Austin, Dave? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously the Senior Bowl is a uh, huge, <laughs> huge meeting event, right? Uh, so I would think, you know, we already hear, hear the one name uh, out there today. And, you know, it's not going to be too long before everybody's down in Mobile. So, uh, yeah, I, I imagine we'll hear of a couple maybe maybe some things happening down there and i think you uh kind of put out there in the timeline in your post this morning and we talked about on the podcast that probably more than likely not going to know know the new uh oc until maybe that week after the senior bowl Mm -hmm. right that's my expectation just based on you know them taking their time and the timeline to hire todd haley their last external and only external hiring of the oc in the last 20 years that came in early February, about a week after the senior bowl wrapped up. So yeah, it's a time to meet some of those guys. I don't know how many you know, formal interviews will take place for OC related type stuff. Maybe some of that, but at least some informal, you know, kind of things. Cause as you said, it's like a football Mecca. Everybody's there that could help, but the hiring probably won't come until after those things wrap up. And as far as the DC goes, I personally, I'm not expecting a change there not saying it couldn't and it's still obviously uh early in the process where i imagine they're having meetings and all like that but man i would think that if terrell austin wasn't going to be the dc next year we might find out about that before they leave for mobile wouldn't you think you would think, and I mean, there could be some more coaching staff changes coming, but we've heard really nothing on that front outside of Glenn Thomas going to Nebraska, the offensive assistant. So I don't know if that's a thing where if an OC gets hired and they're going to make some changes or have some guys they want to bring in or what, but really there's been no move in terms of any parting of the ways or firings of the assistant coaching staff. 
And look, if they had a better offense this past season, they would have won a couple of more games, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I get it. There were some games, you know, you hate seeing what happened uh, against the Patriots and all. But I mean, overall, you know, this was a this was a defense this year that was very, it seemed, tilted towards second half adjustments, wasn't it? Yeah, I would say that's fair to say. You know, where they uh, they seem like they're getting given up too much in the first half and then calming down uh, in, 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 in the second half uh, overall. I mean, was it great overall? No. But, uh, you know, don't don't forget that the spine of this defense, you know, inside linebacker and safety, man, they went through a lot of attrition uh, uh, on, on that side of ball. And, man, you went through how many games to start the season, losing losing a guy like uh, uh, Cam Hayward, not having him. And, you know, obviously you didn't get a guy like DeMarvin Leal to make a jump. And, uh, I mean, you, you're forced to play guys like Mon- even Montrevious Adams missed some time early in the season. And, you know, just a, a lot of variables – you know, health related on that side of the football. And even so they, they still registered, you know, uh, an adjusted net yards for passing attempt number on defensive side of the ball that would allow you to win some games. Yeah. They were six in scoring defense. They had 27 takeaways. They led the NFL with eight red zone takeaways. Um, I expect Austin to be back and we know Tomlin has a heavy influence in that defense anyway. So Austin doesn't have the autonomy, the OC in Pittsburgh, does so again expecting austin back i'll have an article in the morning talking about terrell austin so good good, right. good timing question there uh let's see calvin chen says ola uh, ola um thanks so much if we lose mason do we get a comp pick depends on the contract and that wouldn't apply to 2025 to next year's draft so stay tuned yeah, you would think that if he did leave, whatever value that he left for would qualify. You know, you always got to be careful in saying, "Well, this right. matches up with this pick." It's all about value, and and uh, uh, think of it as a balance sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because you could easily, depending on what he left for, if depending on what you sign, might end up canceling him out you know, uh, right. uh, uh, on that side. So, uh, it's something it, it's more the, the, the losing of unrestricted free agents and the compensatory pick, uh, process is more of something you watch during the process to see, well, does this balance out this and, uh, who's the guy on uh, over the cap that does a fantastic job at that? I chat with him every now and again in 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 uh, direct messages. Oh, I'm blanking his name. Is it Jason? Uh, it's not Jason. No, um, I'll have to pull up uh, who he is. But he does a tremendous mm-hmm. job of, of of pegging those values every year. But uh, they usually have a balance sheet that runs. Oh, Nick uh, uh, Nick Corte. Yeah, you're talking yeah, about. Corte, yeah, Corte. Corte. Yep. Yeah, he does a fa- man. You want to talk about? And I've I've tried to dig into that math and all <laughs> like that 
uh, myself in the past and all, and I've just I've got to the fact where just let somebody else do it for you uh, like him, especially as complicated as that uh, is. But Corte does a fantastic job. So, you know, the best thing of, of that, we, we usually do a good job of tracking uh, guys that are obviously that are brought in, signed as, as unrestricted guys and guys that are lost. And uh, throughout the process of the, 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 the main signing period of, of, kind of notating where 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 we can of this likely cancels out this kind of thing right so he could have some comp pick value depending on the contract depending on playing time but again it would not apply until the 2025 draft to be clear right sean says i'm very curious if we have a chance to get someone like an eric Bieniemy, but he has the stipulation of we have to at least try and draft a quarterback at 20 do you think the Steelers might do it? Those kind of stipulations, that's not a thing. And what would even try to draft a quarterback at 20 mean? You know, how do you contractually put that language in and, and prove that? Um, whoever the OC is, it'll be a long conversation about how Pittsburgh views the quarterback situation, how that OC views the quarterback situation. That's when those things get hammered out, not through contracts or during the draft. You, you get on the same page before you make the hire. Yeah, I wouldn't think that they they would allow their hands to be tied saying, you know, I'll come work for you if you do this uh, yeah. uh, kind of thing. I think overall you want to see what their vision is for for what what your vision is with the players under contract and what overall maybe general direction and philosophy you have, which it, that that you might could go uh, in, 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 in the draft and those sort of things. For sure. 114 people here in the chat. Thank you guys so much. Please like the stream. Uh, be sure to check out the site, steelersdepot.com, and we thank you guys for hanging out with Dave and I for another 35 minutes. Kevin Doubleday says, does Zach Robinson, being a candidate, throw all of the credentials requirements discussed at Tomlin's press conference out the window? No, I wouldn't say that. Let, let's get more than one name. Again, they're going to cast this wide net, different backgrounds, and, you know, Robinson played quarterback, has coached quarterbacks, and even, although it's very much a technicality, did do play calling in the preseason this year for the Rams. Sean McVay always gives his, his assistance, Shane Waldron in the past, Robinson now has some play calling experience. And so, yes, it's preseason. It's not, it's not the game planning, not the pressure, obviously the regular season, but he actually has called some plays before to at least say that he's done that and it wouldn't be completely foreign to him if he did it in Pittsburgh. So um, again, I would not say this throws all that out the window. No, no, obviously if he ends up becoming a choice, it'll be the, the you know, the choice, then it will circle back to, sure. well, didn't, didn't you say uh, this, but uh, as we said at the top of the show, uh, I, th I think this is just a part of doing due diligence to make sure that you don't narrow your, your focus too far even though that might have been kind of the, the 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 criteria to come out of Mike Tomlin's mouth, uh, look, I'm sure they knew who Zach Robinson uh, Zach Robinson was before meeting with him, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and all like that. But I, I, you know, I, I just view this as part of the process, especially when it's just the one name out there uh, at this time. But once again, now if if he ends up being the choice, you can bet it's going to uh, uh, there's going to be questions. Well. You know, Mike Tomlin's own words are going to be thrown back at him. Well, what what made you go outside of kind of the criteria that you outlined in your end of the end of the season press conference? Sure. Um, and, and again, I think Pittsburgh's issue in the past has been they've been too narrowly focused when it comes to some of these coaching hires, just picking the guy that's kind of right there without really doing their due diligence. And they should correct that this time around. So I think that's part of their 
uh, strategy. Next question comes from Ronald Hall, who says, Dave and Alex, can you see the Steelers sign a quarterback like Tannehill if they lose out on Rudolph? What are some other realistic quarterback pre-agent targets? Yeah, we talked about that on the on the podcast. Ronald, if, if Rudolph's gone, they'll sign a veteran equivalent. You know, Tannehill maybe, Jacoby Brissett. I don't have a list offhand, but we'll talk about it should that scenario take place. Yeah, let's look at some of uh, the guys who are scheduled uh, to be quarterback free agents, see how unappealing or appealing that list might be. Obviously, you got a lot of void. Uh, let's see. Let me see if I can get this thing to sort properly here. Uh, why is it showing up running backs here? And that's putting aside, you know, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, the right. names that we've talked about that are not the more economical veteran competition type of quarterbacks. So we'll, we'll uh, leave those aside. I, uh, I mean, Kirk Cousins, Ryan T- Tannehill, both those guys are void contract situations. Jacoby Brissett's going to be unrestricted. Tyrod Taylor's a void situation. Marcus Mariota's a void situation. Sam Darnold's an unrestricted guy. Drew Locke. Uh, Jameis Winston's a void. Baker Mayfield's a void. Gardner Minshew is a uh, – that could be a, a potential guy, maybe, uh, if you had to go a different direction, uh, trying to see who else here, man, it starts getting, hmm. it starts getting thin quick, uh, a- after that, those are about the, uh, the, 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 the notable names, if you will. Yeah. And again, depends on the OC hire, what his scheme, what his system is, who's he worked with in the past that can certainly influence who some of their free agent targets may shift towards. Next question comes from Jay Gillum. Cornerback or tackle probably in the first round of the draft. Can't see them taking a center or another position that early. That's logical, but who knows? We're so far away what the board looks like, what, you know, what the depth of the class looks like for agency moves. It's really impossible to say or to really lock yourself into two positions right now. Yeah, and I don't know. My gut, I've been wrong on this before, but my, my gut just... I wonder if if cornerback will be a first round pick this year. I just I, I I really wonder if it will be. Not saying that it couldn't be, but but uh, my my early feeling on it, at least gut, is that it probably won't be. But I mean, sh- obviously we'll see what happens with Patrick Peterson and his situation. You obviously got a guy like Levi Wallace. It's an unrestricted free agent. James Pierre, uh, even though he's a cornerback, he's a special teamer. Uh, what Chandon Sullivan, uh, right. uh, is, is, is unrestricted. Uh, you got a couple of young kids in, uh, in, 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 in Trice and Darius Rush who are more, uh, lottery picks, developmental guys at this stage. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could get yourself in a, in a position there where who's, who's going to be the, the, the starting corner opposite, uh, Joey Porter Jr. Right. Yeah, to me, it's wide open right now. Uh, Jeremy Fowler theorizing Levi Wallace could resign on a maybe one or two year deal, but would that be more depth and would that cement a starting spot? You would hope not. So it's open, but but again, it's too early to tell right now. What a shame Corey Trice had his injury, right? Yeah. At least you, at least you could have, at least you could have found out more more about him, you know, because you would have had to think at some point during the season he would have got some playing time uh, in there. And, 
Uh, I mean, he, he, he had some nice tape coming out of Purdue and all like that. And obviously we didn't get to see him much, uh, 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 once he got injured in, in training camp there. And I mean, that's probably why he went as late as he did because of the injury history and all like that. But just a shame overall that you, you couldn't even get that guy on the field to, to see what you're dealing with there. Not even to a preseason game. It's like Calvin Austin last year. The only silver lining was it should make him hopefully healthy and ready for training camp this year because the injury occurred so early in his rookie season. But yeah, unfortunate there. Uh, Steel King has this directed to, to me, but I want to give your perspective here, Dave. He says, what happens when a hot OC candidate is interviewed and he tells Omar, Tomlin, and Arthur Second that he does not want to have his trailer hitched to Kenny Panic? That's Steel King's words, not mine. Kenny Panic, he says. Uh, I mean, I I don't know what those conversations yeah. obviously are like and all like that. I mean, I uh, look, Kenny Pickett's going to be on this roster. Yeah, I mean, the again, the the point of these interviews is partially to just align visions. Is your vision aligned with ours in terms of how we view our quarterback situation and can you make it work? And if you're an OC, you have to probably lay out a plan to how do you try to turn around. Pickett's career, and if you can't do that, then you probably won't be the guy. Mike Adesso asking about the top uh, OC candidates, kind of a similar question, basically saying, uh, if the Steelers tell you that Kenny is their best option of quarterback, why would they want the job? So why would an OC want the job given this quarterback situation, Dave? Uh, to prove that he can do something with a, with a guy like Kenny Pickett, I guess, or with whoever they look, you're coming in there because you think that whatever, if, if you're a confident offensive coordinator, you're coming in there thinking that you can have your offense work around the talent, whatever that might be on the roster. I'm with you. I think two answers to that one if Pickett doesn't work this year, he's not going to be the starter or in the mix to start in 2025. And you're going to you're going to last more than one year as DOC. You're going to sign a three-year deal and probably see that through in all likelihood. So you'll be help part of that process to find the quarterback of the future two years from now in 2025. Um, the other point I would offer— you, you can't make them responsible for the groceries, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can only give them the groceries uh, that you have to work with and— uh, and obviously everybody involved would know that there's a bad, bad batch of groceries <laughs> pro- pro- probably real quick. And, and in other words, yeah, like you said, yeah, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't visualize this being a one and done situation for whatever, whoever the next coordinator is. Right. And I misspoke. I said two years next year, you'd be part of that next quarterback process if things don't turn around. The other, I think important point is you have basically full control over this offense. You know, most teams are offensive-minded coaches. They're kind of really involved in that aspect of things. Some of the OCs don't even call plays for their team. The head coach does with Pittsburgh. Tomlin has a role. He has an influence, but he's he's pretty hands-off. He lets the OC do what the OC wants to do and needs to do. So that's attractive to get to come to a place where you're competing, where you're generally winning in the playoff race. There is talent here offensively. The quarterback situation is questionable, obviously, but there's talent beyond that, and you get to run your offense, and that's an attractive opportunity. Next question comes from, if I can find one here, uh, Sebastian Sanchez says, Love your work, Dave and Alex. Thank you, Sebastian. When do you think the Steelers will finish their evaluation process for the next OC, next month or until March? Yeah, like I said earlier, probably first week of February is my guess. There is no hard and fast timetable. There's no rule where it has to be in place by. 
but I would probably say first week of February, um, some of these head coaching jobs have to get filled, GM jobs around the league, and then teams start to really focus in on you know, coordinators, positional coaches, that kind of thing. So I would say about two weeks from now. Yeah, I would hope uh, by a week after the uh, after the Senior Bowl, and because you know you start to really start turning your attention to the combine and stuff like that, and uh, kind of want your vision in place and and start getting things ready for uh, rookie mini camps. And you know, it's amazing. It, it, it's twenty something weeks off, but uh, uh, is it really it, weeks off? Yeah. Yeah, but it moves so damn fast, uh, especially on our end here. It seems like we're on. You know, the the, the NFL calendar never stops. So. Yeah, that's a long way of saying that I hope that it's it, 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 it's finalized you know a week after by, by a week after the senior bowl right those guys got to get ready to review their roster free agency resignings free agents combines you don't want those guys to come in too late to allow them ample opportunity to really thoroughly you know get ready for the bulk of the off season Paul Brown with a couple of confidence questions on a scale of one to ten, one to ten, what's your confidence each will happen? Cam Hayward restructures. I'll go one by one here, Dave. Confidence one, scale one to ten. I'll assume ten is most confident, certain. We'll say that Cam Hayward restructures his deal. Well, what I think you're going to see happen is, yeah. is it be an extension. Uh, uh, and I mean, if you want to call that a restructure, fine. I mean, it's, it, it, it's more than likely going to be just him getting paid his 2000 and a bulk of his 2024 money, uh, as part of the signing bonus in a couple of years added on to give him the option that if he can still play after, and they, you know, they still want him, uh, after the 2024 season, uh, that will be an ec- economical way to go. So on, on a confidence level, uh, based on everything that's, that came out of Cam's mouth uh, the other day during his podcast uh, and and looking at the Steelers' salary cap situation, uh, my confidence level would be a nine. I think that they get something done uh, that lowers his cap hit via an extension. I'm with you, Dave. I'll go with you with a nine when it'll happen. Harder to say, but it will happen before the year begins. Mason Rudolph comes back. Scale 1 to 10, your confidence Rudolph returns. I'm at a I, 7. I am, yeah, I was going to go 7. I, I, I'm, I'm right there. I think, I think, I believe Mike Tomlin, because uh, he mentioned it several times, that uh, they would like to continue to do business with Mason. Uh, I think that Mason's value will be muted to some degree. And I think he likes the way things ended. I think he would embrace if uh, 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 even a competition with him and Kenny. Uh, it just, it, it, it all kind of adds up that way. So I would, I would put it about, yeah, I would put it at a seven. Steelers draft a quarterback one to 10. And I assume this means Anywhere in the draft, Paul does not specify. I'm interpreting this as drafting a quarterback at any point in the draft. I got to separate my want from my analysis uh, here. My want is to see them somewhere in this draft draft a quarterback. My analysis has me less confident that they will do so. So I'm going to go 3.5 on my mm. on my confidence meter there. 
this is where we differ. I'm more confident they will, although I think it's with one of those last two current picks, sixth or seventh round. I'll say a six out of ten, they will. Okay, I mean, all right. I mean, if Rudolph comes back, then Trubisky's going to be gone. Let's assume that that happens, Rudolph returning before Trubisky's roster bonus. They get rid of Trubisky. You got two quarterbacks. You're going to bring in four to camp. Probably not going to be two rookie undrafted for agents coming in. You know, there's still some uncertainty about the future of the room. You know, Pickett, you know, his future for 2025. You need a third guy in there, maybe develop him a little bit on the side. So um, I could see that happening uh, sixth or seventh round. All right, somebody write that down. I was at a three. <laughs> uh, Alex is at a six. And bring that back up only if they don't draft one. <laughs> For sure. And and if they do draft one, forget forget that uh, Alex had more confidence in that. Conversation never happened if that occurs. Right. Steelers don't bring back Harvin. Now, I don't know if this means like they just cut him tomorrow or if he's not the week one punter. I'm interpreting this as he's not part of the training camp roster, but Paul kind of leaves this one a bit vague. Uh, I think he'll be, I think he'll be in camp. I know, I know, I know people don't want to hear that. Uh, You don't save a lot of money uh, by after top 51 roster displacement. So uh, barring him doing something that, you know, uh, uh, bad, you know, off the field or something like that. I, I don't see them just cut, cutting him outright. I think they will let him compete against whoever. Now, whether or not he's on the 53-man roster, I don't think that's going, I, nor do I think that should happen. But I can envision him lasting on into training camp and 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 maybe the early portion of the preseason. Yeah, I'll say seven and a half, he's there in camp. A two, he's the actual week one starting punter. Maybe two and a half, I'll give him. And then the last one, Dave, a really interesting question. Patrick Peterson comes back as a safety. One to yeah, ten. That's, that's a tough one there. Uh, man, he's got to survive. You know, the thing is, will he's, what will it look like in March with his roster bonus due? That's that that's the big date when you, when you talk about Patrick Peterson uh, there. Uh, man, Mike Tomlin just didn't come right out and say, you know, that he's going to be back, you know, uh, I'll, I don't know about the position at all. Cause you don't know what's going to happen uh, position wise and all like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'll just put it to you this way. Uh, I'm at a, like a three that he'll be on the roster. No, I'll put it at, I'll, 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 I'll bail out here. Uh, I'll put it at a five Okay, that he's on the roster come roster bonus time here in March. Yeah, three felt too low. I, I'm yeah. still, I'm probably higher than you that he comes back. I'll say, now as a safety, I think he'll be kind of a hybrid. I, I don't think he'll really play outside corner. He may no longer be an every down type player in Pittsburgh, depending on how the roster looks around him. I'll say, excuse me, I'll say six and a half that he's uh, back playing some sort of safety role in 2024. Okay. Got a $2 super chat from Christian15213 who says, if Mason leaves, what's your score for that, for them drafting a quarterback? Um, Again, they're going to replace him with a veteran type, so my answer really probably doesn't change dramatically. might bump up slightly, but I'm still kind of in that, I don't know, six six range that they will. Yeah. 
All right, let me find some more questions as I scroll back up. Thank you for the super chat. 15 minutes left, so be sure to get your questions in. And uh, be sure to like the stream to get some Steeler fans in here last second. If you missed this uh, chat, you can see the archive version on Steelers Depot in just a little bit. AB says, for a team whose offensive philosophy is based around getting to third and two in attrition football, how can they not draft the best punter in college this year? And as we get that news, the Titans are planning to hire Bengals OC Brian Callahan as their head coach, according to Tom Pellicer, with that news coming in right now. So Tennessee Titans replacing Mike Rabel with Brian Callahan. All right. Um... What was the question before that? How oh, can the Steelers uh, not tra- not have a top punter? Basically, is the question. Look, they need to they they need to do something at punter. Period. Whether it be free agency or the draft or whatever, they got to do something there. They should have done something halfway through the season. Yeah, uh, Tory Taylor, are you a Steeler? We'll see. It, it, usually, those punters they like it's a fourth round pick usually to uh to, to take a top punter. You don't take a seventh round pick on the top punter. So they have a couple of fours. We'll see, but they need to upgrade a punter. They need a field flipper. No question about that. Rick says about Jalen Warren with over 200 touches and more than 1,100 yards. His contract had only 12,000 guaranteed and is only 1 million next year. If he gets hurt, isn't he totally screwed? How do they handle that, Dave? How do they handle, not sure who they is, Pittsburgh maybe, or Jalen Warren himself, but how does he handle the risk of getting hurt? Who, Jalen Warren? Yes. I mean, look, you're a former undrafted free agent there. So you're kind of at at mercy of the system uh, overall. And he's scheduled to earn $985,000 in 2024. I think the only hope that he has is he gets some sort of maybe modest extension uh, this offseason. But here's the thing. uh, When when he does the bargaining power that he has isn't much at all because what the Steelers will do is they'll look at him and say, okay, you're scheduled to earn uh, $985,000 this year if we, if we end up putting the uh, second uh, uh, second round uh, you know, tender on you. Let's see what the tenders are. In 2024, second round tender is scheduled to be 4.6. So mm. You'd have to think it's going to go up from there for 2025 let's say let's say it's 5.3 million uh so then you've got him capped at about six million dollars over the next two years and i mean from there you could you could say well uh he came became a uh, an unrestricted guy in what what year would that be 2026 right uh, was it a three-year deal? I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at his next, I mean, we're talking about 2024 mm-hmm. with his salary he has now, a, 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 a restricted second round tender in 2025 of like 5.3 million. And God forbid he, 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 he blew it out and you had to put the franchise oh, tag okay. on him in, 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 in 2026. And it's, I asked Joel Corey this this morning, uh, what he, what he foresees the franchise tag being for running backs in, in <laughs> 2026. And he said, 
here was his answer. Where if I can find his answer real quick, he said uh, too much missing information to make a projection on that, which is you know obvious, yeah. especially when it comes to a, a position like that. Long story short, you can cap you know, the Steelers' bargaining power with him would be look, any deal we give you is going to be right around or less than six million dollars total between. 2024 and 2025, you know, so, mm. you know, there's not much bargaining power on you. And look, it's just, I mean, it, 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 it's part of being an unrestricted free agent, you know, uh, I mean, a, a uh, undrafted free agent like, like he is there. So he, he doesn't have much, really any bargaining power at all. He, he's going to be pretty, pretty much at the mercy of the Steelers if they deem it necessary uh, and feel like rewarding him of giving him maybe some sort of a three-year, you know, you know, or a two-year extension on top of 2024, and either he's going to take it or he's going to leave it. I'm not well versed in this world, but players can purchase insurance policies on themselves if they were to get, you know, have a career-altering ending slash something happening injury that's usually more reserved for the larger names, the stars, and you know things like that. But I'm betting Jalen Warren, if he wanted to, could purchase an insurance policy for some lump sum that would pay out if he were to suffer a severe injury. So that that is one option to consider. Yeah, I'm not well versed on Lloyd's of London or anything like that. But you, yeah, that that would be a potential for him, uh, and and probably wise at this point. Yeah, I think so, especially with the running back position and uh, the injury risk there. Chris Neal says, "What do you think our biggest gap is? Players, coaches, or scheme?" It's a very broad question. Depends about you're talking offense, defense, what defense, what position group. Um, it, it can be all of the above, really, Chris. So it, it's hard for me to try to answer that with a great answer. Yeah, I agree. But uh, we'll, we'll see how things look when the offseason ends, what the coaching staff looks like, what the personnel looks like, what moves they make, and probably be able to – because it's going to change so much. So even just answering that right now, you know, the, you know this the, the picture of the Steelers will look different in a couple of months. Uh, Stephanie B., I know it's early, but in regards to the draft, what position group do you feel is our biggest need? What would you say the biggest position group on this roster – is in terms of need, Dave? Uh, position group as far as need yeah, goes. Ranks. I'll say, debating between two, I'll say cornerback, just slightly over offensive tackle. Well, they definitely going to need a tackle uh, for sure. And, you know, center. They're gonna, yep. I'd like to see them get a center in the draft. Uh, corner. Uh, not looking great inside linebacker. You could use an, I mean, what is the, this team could use another tackle, plain and simple. They could, especially if Broderick Jones goes back to left tackle, if that's the case, and you hope that it is, the right tackle is wide open. But I'll still say corner because if you, if you really wanted to keep more at left tackle and Jones at right tackle, there was at least an option there. At corner, I don't know who the corner opposite of Porter is for 2024. Yeah, yeah. All right, Christian15213, believe a second super chat. Thank you so much, $5 super chat. Why can't we all admit that Mason is the right quarterback for the team? All the players want him, so he's won the locker room. What's your take? I mean, listen, right now he's a pending free agent. Will he be back? Will he go somewhere else? We don't know. And if he does come back to Pittsburgh, then 
they'll compete in training camp. If he's as good as, you know, he's played and you're implying they're Christian, then he'll win the job. So, um, you know, I think if he comes back, he'll be given an honest opportunity to be the guy. And I think that's the key there. I, I think if you bring him back, you have got to keep an open mind and make this thing be a competition. Yeah, and not the 2022 competition that really was no competition. And, you know, Mike Tomlin said it was undeniable, right? And he's correct. They, they tried to deny it for as long as they could, and you can't deny what he brought Rudolph did to this offense's passing game. And how do you envision the week one, the, the, the opening week of training camp uh, reps going if, if Rudolph was to re- return? I think Pickett will start, will take the first rep of training camp. Tomlin basically saying he's quarterback one right now. Um, it would be interesting to see because when was the last time Pittsburgh had a true starting quarterback battle? It's been a hot minute, Dave. I mean, 2002 2003 i'm not even sure if that's the answer but probably earlier than that yeah you know the thing is you can't bring mason rudolph back and just be headstrong and say you know it's not going to be a competition yeah can't do that um yeah i'm with you there dave all right let's about Five plus minutes left. We'll try to go through as many questions as we can. There's a ton. We'll uh, we'll try to speed through. Jason asking if you could handpick an available OC candidate for the Steelers, who would you pick? My guy was Shane Waldron until the Bears took him off the board. I don't know who my number one guy would be right now if I could pick anybody. Jason, David, do you have any thoughts in terms of who you would want? Uh, repeat the question. If you could handpick any available OC candidate, who would you pick? If it was up, totally up to you. Is there any name that you would just be like, that's my guy? I mean, I, I, you know, I like Bevel. I think Bevel uh, is going to be an interesting, uh, guy, uh, when, when, when it comes to that short list and all that you built. I mean, I, uh, I, I think you really did a good job on, on those five and six names, uh, that you had there. I mean, I think Alex Van Pelt, I think it's no denying, uh, what he was able to accomplish with, 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 with the Browns. But, uh, I, I would, I would lean towards Bevel right now. Yeah. On the list that I had, I had Pep Hamilton as kind of maybe second, but I know his offense probably won't be super innovative or super creative. Um, but again, I just, I, I, I'd have, cause I was looking at that lens of kind of the, the experience and the quarterback background and less of a, a wider net. I mean, I think Robinson is interesting. I think there's definitely potential there, but don't have a, a perfect answer right now. All right, let's see. Mark says he's happy for Randall L., the wide receiver coach for Detroit. Yeah, Antoine Randall L., wide receiver coach there, so uh, kudos to him. Mike Adesco, uh, thoughts on a few higher-profile names for OC have not been mentioned. John or Jay Gruden, don't hate it, don't love it. John Gruden's not going to be in OC somewhere, and all the baggage that comes along with that. And Jay Gruden, I don't know, he's beefing with Robert Griffin on Twitter. So Yeah, maybe, that's not a good look. Yeah, he's had some kind of weird stuff happen in his uh, coaching career, so I'll pass on both. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Steel King says James Daniels needs to drop at least 25 pounds. I don't know. He's pretty felt. He moves pretty well, but that's your take there. Uh, let's see what else we have. Anyone new? How do you feel about the no fine on McGovern for the Porter hit? No fine on Connor McGovern for that hit that concussed Porter Jr. Dave, what do you make of that? I wasn't shocked. I'll say that. Uh, it you know, how many times do you see guys come from behind and kind of pick off 
you know, the, the pile there, it, 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 I wasn't shocked that they didn't find him, but, uh, it, it was curious for sure. I think they're going to have to put in a rule that might outlaw some of that type of stuff. Cause those are some nasty collisions out in space and Harrison Smith, Viking safety said linemen get taught to do that kind of stuff. And NFL wants to really start policing some of that safety stuff. Probably should have something that you, know, you can't, you can't push a player, um. Oh, what is it? Chris, Chris, Chris Kimoato used to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he used to he used to try to peel people off on the backside a lot back when Kimoato used to play. Right, right. So again, maybe some rule to to look at there. But I was not necessarily surprised by the lack of a fine because I don't really see that as a defined penalty right now in the NFL. In fact, did didn't Kimoato get a penalty for that uh, game against the? Uh, he had numerous penalties in that yeah. game. If I, if I remember that game against Buffalo, the one where uh, Stevie Johnson dropped the ball mm. uh, in the end zone, didn't. Uh, oh, that's going to kill. What year was that, Alex? 2011. I don't know for sure. I'm sure the chat will know. I mean, he's had a lot of penalties in general. That was kind of Kimi Wattu's thing. Does yeah, anybody remember right. what year that? Uh, I'll look up real quick, see if I can pull the penalties that Kimi Wattu had <laughs> in that game. If somebody real quickly can 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 remind uh, jog my memory of what year that uh, Bills Steelers game was. That uh, that Stevie Johnson dropped like the ball. Twenty ten. I'm seeing uh, Dark Shine the Kid say twenty ten. We'll, we'll trust see him. See if I can find it real quick here. Uh, yeah, they played the Bills that year. Uh, here uh, I found it. Uh, let's see how good Uncle Dave's memory is here. Uh, Chris Kimoatu, uh holding. Chris Kimoatu holding. Chris Kimoatu holding. Mm. Chris Kimoatu holding. Oh my four, goodness! Four holding calls uh, in, in 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 that game by good, Chris. Good pull by you, Dave. Yeah, four holding calls and a Stevie I Johnson thought, drop. I thought he had. I thought he had something else. I, I was wrong there. I thought maybe he had something where he got a, a personal foul in that game, but uh, doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, there were enough holding calls to make up for the personal foul there. Uh, who, who was that? Big defensive lineman that the Bills had that gave him fits. Um, not. I wanted to say Strat. D- D- Marcel Darius. No, no, no. That's gonna kill me now. What year did we say that was? Is that the guy that chased Ben on that third and eighteen on the right sideline? When what ben year were we start- talking? Ten, two thousand ten, twenty ten. Yeah, that was the uh, the Stevie Johnson drop game. I'm sure the chat. Uh, I'll, I'll look at the chat. Chat's gonna, usually pretty good. Sam Adams, Stroud. Someone no, else had Stroud. No, no, no. Let me find it here real quick. Uh, fill some time here, Alex. This is going to kill uh, me. There was a question about moving James Daniels to center. It's plausible, but I find that pretty unlikely. He's played right guard. Has not played center in quite some time. Just go draft a center. It's a good class of guys. Don't move pieces around and have to, you know, go then, uh, then find a right guard. Just, just, just go get a center. Okay, here it is. Uh, it was oh uh, Williams. Uh, Ted, uh, Ted Williams. No, uh, was it Kyle, Kyle Williams? Oh yeah, yeah, Kyle Williams. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, I should have thought of that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I gotcha. Uh, but I think that was on that Ben run. That was somebody else. But I know you're referencing just Kimiatu just struggling. Right. I mean, he was right. He, he bad Kyle pass Williams bro. gave Kimiatu fits in that game. Yeah, he gave a lot of people fits, but Kimiatu and Passport was just just kind of a wreck. All right. 
couple more got questions. A, we got a trip down memory lane there. <laughs> no, no, no extra charge for that. You have to do it. All right, let's go through a couple of these rapid fire. If I scroll back up, uh, let's see if I can just find um, some new people, some maybe quicker questions to answer. Uh, Alex says, I'd like to hear your guys' opinions on PFF grades. Does PFF grades for Steeler players match what you see on tape? I think generally they've fallen in line, but I don't study them line by line to compare it enough to give a great answer. But yeah, I think, largely speaking, they, they tend to. I I like looking at them after the TV tape, first and foremost. I like to watch the as soon as the game ends – uh, the first thing we do is we pull the TV tape because that's all we have until the all 22 tape. So usually no matter what time of night it is, I get one, sometimes two runs through the, uh, TV tape and get, get, you know, my initial notes to look at of things that I definitely want to hone in on and, and just a general sense of who I feel, uh, felt played well, who I felt, you know, it's really kind of, did this guy play well or did he, did he, did he not play well? Because really, I mean, I, I remember back in the days of trying to grade offensive linemen off TV tape. I can't believe I ever, <laughs> ever, ever did that. But, uh, uh, I, I get a sense in my head of kind of where I think certain guys, you know, will end up grading. And then usually by, I don't know, what is it by noon, the next day is when the PFF grades, uh, drop. And then I usually run over there and see, uh, I usually look for anybody that's got, because, you know, there's such a, a big range. I, I see that if there's anybody that's really off, man, I thought this guy, you know, played a good game and they got him at a 40 or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? And then at that point, I, you know, obviously I make a note of that and then I go into the all 22 and see if I can pick out, you know, why maybe, uh, for the most part, look, I, and I've said this over the years, I like, uh, on, as a core, what they try to do now, do I agree lockstep with, with everything? Look at I've, I've pointed out stuff to them in the past of them, uh, having a, uh, uh, you know, coverage, uh, uh, the blame on a touchdown or something, uh, wrong. Uh, no, I don't take them as gospel. Nobody should, mm -hmm. uh, nobody should take, uh, my word or Alex's word, you know, if you have the ability to watch the game uh, yourself, you should always trust your own eyes when it comes to that stuff there. Uh, I do like what they do with, with their snaps, uh, with, with, with general charting uh, stuff. A lot of that stuff generally lines up with, with, our, with our own charting and stuff like that. It's, it's just another piece to look at is, is, is the way I view it at as, and no, I don't think it should be taken as gospel, but I think overall uh, as a whole, and this won't be well received. I think for what they try to do, they do a decent job at it. If that makes sense at it. Yeah, I'm with you. I like the data collection more than the actual grading. I think their target system is kind of wrong and funky, and I don't really agree with that uh, compared to my own target system, but overall, generally in line. Uh, looks like we got Jersey Jerry here. He says, Kirk Cousins with a question mark. I hope he talked about, but I think, What's based, up, off Jerry? Of, I think based off of Mike Tomlin's comments um, and then the cost to, to sign Cousins, it just I don't see that being a very likely scenario. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to, you'd probably have to do something two or three years with them to get the cap number down and all like that. And if you went that far with the guaranteed money up front, you know, you probably, you know, 
to, to get the first year cap number down, you're probably going to have to marry yourself to him for at least two years. So if you went that direction, to me, it would it would be because you think, okay, we don't we don't like what we have now. We think we have a roster that we could win a championship within the one or two year time frame uh, with him. Look, I, 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 I think Kirk cousins, I think teams can win with Kirk cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I'm not convinced that the Steelers will go down that path though. I'm with you. All right. A couple more questions. We'll go through just to round things out. Um, do we think that Zach Robinson's connections to Mason they, Rudolph? They had, did they go to his? They went to his pro day that year, didn't they? Didn't they go to the Michigan State pro day that year with Cousins? Do you is remember? That, is that, that wasn't the same year Bell came out, was it? Or didn't they have men for a pre-draft visit or something like that? There's probably it's, some. It's, it's, it's on the site there. somewhere. Yeah. I'd have to go go look it up. Uh, do we think that Zach Robinson's connections to Mason Rudolph heavily influenced the Steelers to make the interview request? No, it's a it's something to note. We talked about it. We'll talk about it on uh, Wednesday show. But uh, no, I don't think it's a driving reason behind the interview request. Right, I agree. I think they're just casting a wide net here. Let's look at this. Uh, l- l- the next time we get together for this chat, let's see what the what this list looks like, or if they yeah. made a decision. For sure, for sure. Uh, let's see. I just thought I had one here that I lost. Does it bother you that Kenny didn't give an interview when the season ended? No, not really. I, he could have something going on. I don't know. I, I did not, did not lose sleep over it. It's hard to, you don't know what he had going at its core. It does. It, the optics obviously don't look good, right? We can agree on that, but mm-hmm. he, he might've had a, he might've had a, we don't know. I mean, you, you you can go way too deep spending time kind of worry, worrying about that kind of stuff and getting upset over it. I mean, at its core, would you have liked to have seen him address the media? Yes. Yeah, but no one's going to remember by August when they're you know competing for the job. No one's going to care about the you know, locker room clean-out day from January. Gary says, hey, guys, what's a chance Darnell Washington moves to tackle 50%? You know, this year for 2024, 0% down the road. I suppose it's possible. Who knows? It's happened before, but, um, you know, that's that's a a way down the road kind of conversation. All right, let's see if any other questions came in we can get to really briefly here before we close things out. How short is the leash on whoever wins quarterback one? uh, One bad half in game one. It's hard to say. It'll be a shorter leash, but... Probably not not that short as, as the question is being asked. Yeah, I'd hope you would go through all that rigor morale and one bad half yank. You know. Yeah. You, uh, you probably need to rethink the whole. <laughs> the look. I mean, make no mistake about it, the quarterback play for the 2024 Steelers has to be better. Yeah, no question about it. End of story. I mean, we got to see. We got to see the number of, of the adjusted net yards passing attempt stat come out of the shoot at no no lower than six point two. <laughs> I mean, you got you got to hit it hit it running. They they've got to have better quarterback play. Uh, whoever it is winds up being uh, in 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 two thousand twenty four. Any shot a core four gets traded? Nah, you'd have to do it yeah. before. 
you have to do it for his uh, March roster bonuses due and with one year left on the contract and the amount that it's at. I mean, could it happen? Yes. What would it look like if it happened? It would look like probably a fifth or a sixth round draft pick, I would think, because he does only have now tackle uh, uh, tackle. You know, is a commodity in the NFL, especially one with an with 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 experience. Uh, I wouldn't think that it would happen, but if it does happen, it would have to happen before you pay him his his, his March roster bonus, and then you have to remember that uh, what you're going to get on the other side would would more than likely be something like a fifth or a sixth or a seventh round draft pick. Darkshine the kid. What do we need to send our good defense to a great one? I would say stay healthy. Corner, uh, number two corner and get faster. This defense is too slow. Yeah, I think you I, you need to you need to get better up the middle of the of the defense. Uh, inside linebacker for sure. I yeah, think, which in part in part means staying healthy and getting healthy and remaining that way. Um, but yeah, I think getting faster and finding someone opposite a Porter is going to be key as well. All right, I think we're going to wrap things up here. There'll be an archive version of this on Steelers Depot in just a little bit. Also, I think archive on the channel in a little bit as well. Be sure to stay here for content on the site, for the channel. I got uh, an idea I've been kicking around about offensive coordinator, play calling and sequencing and getting in the mind of an offensive coordinator from the Bills game. We'll have that a little bit later in the week, I hope. Thank you guys so much for being here, for asking questions, the super chats, liking the video. And Dave Bryan, as always, thank you for being here as well. Yeah, thank you for putting on some good questions. We even went all the way back to, what, 2011 today. And, uh, yeah, good uh, good turnout. We appreciate everybody. And uh, hope to see you all back in here in, 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 in a couple of weeks. Peace and love. Peace and love. What Dave said. So thank you guys so much for listening and watching. And we'll talk to you soon.